Blog Talk Radio. I am not hearing the opening. The world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Yes, I heard you. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, it was. Uh, okay, thank you, audience. Okay. Thank you. Y'all can be quiet. Silence. Yes, I'm not using the the uh, studio version anymore because the one on the cart uh, software is in stereo and it sounds better going through Facebook. So that's um, why you're not hearing it there. I forgot to turn your channel on so you could hear it. So there you go. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I was lost. I'm thinking, oh, no, we just lost video. <laughs> Which has happened. That's why it was a panic, because it's happened before. It's not like it's new or anything. <laughs> yeah, it was it was playing on Facebook and, and on Blog Talk. I guess it was going through Blog Talk Radio. I, I don't know. It should have. Yeah, because I was I listening know. to I it just... here. Yeah, it was, just wasn't streaming on um, on there, so where you could on hear my it. channel. Uh, yeah. Well, good. Good. So, okay. welcome to All About Wine. Uh, Facebook people, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining in. We've getting some people listening to it on archives and getting people listening to it live. So, we appreciate and we're getting people liking us on Facebook, too. We are jumping up on our people. Oh, there's somebody calling in. I've told you not to call in on my landline. Uh, let me just got an uh, amber alert. Yeah, an amber alert just went through here too. Yeah. During the go. opening, amber went through. Yeah. But uh, Facebook people, thanks. We're improving our likes uh, because of everyone listening and tuning in and liking us. So that's cool. So if you know anyone else that might be interested, like us. I just read an article the other day that said that. Um, Podcasts like this are really starting to catch on. They're really starting to jump up. The numbers of them are out there and, and the people listening to them and all the stuff that's involved with podcasts is becoming very, very popular. And they're saying it's because they're millennials. They're tuning in a lot of different things and learning stuff and all that. And one of the ways they're learning stuff is through the podcast. So we are part of the whole picture out there and we appreciate appreciate you listening. appreciate you tuning in. And, again, if you have any questions or anything, you can always get a hold of us. Uh, go to the website. I think Mike still is able to monitor it and everything while he's doing everything else. So uh, <laughs> not that he doesn't have nothing to do anyway. So, uh, something fell. I heard that. Yeah, something wow. fell. Yeah, my engineer in there making noise. If not the amber alert, it's you're dropping something. So. Um, 
<laughs> so, uh, we're live on 8-22-2019. now 7.04 p.m. If you are listening to this on archive, don't call. If you're listening to it live, we'll be happy to answer your questions or anything you have. Email the show with your questions, comments during the show at All About Wine 101. Uh, oh, at gmail.com. Sorry, that's anytime you can get a hold of us there. Uh, I'll check that. That's a Gmail address. But uh, if you're live, you can uh, get a hold of us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and go through the Facebook questions. And we will get to your questions. We don't have a call in anymore because they've had issues. So, yeah. All right. Any, Mike and I were talking, nothing new in the world. Oh, yeah, there is. The Amazon forest is burning, which is horrible. It's been burning for the last three weeks, which is horrible. If you don't know about this, then it's something that you should know about. So it was on national news tonight. So that's the first time it's been on. But for three weeks, it has been burning. So, you know, it's a serious issue. I don't know what we can do about it. There's a hashtag, pray for the Amazon. Uh, Amazonia, I think it is. Pray for Amazonia. Uh, hashtag, pray for Amazonia. Check that out. But uh, if there's anything else we can do, I hope there is. But I don't believe so. But uh, serious situation. Which, I'm going to talk a little bit about smoke taint. Since Amazon's burning, I found a nice article about smoke taint. Describes a little bit more in Tell you a little bit more about it. What's happening on food for this coming week? Today's the 22nd. I told you last week today is National Eat a Peach Day, it is National Spumoni Day, and National Pecan Tort Day. Tomorrow comes in National Cuban Sandwich Day. I like Cuban sandwiches. If it's National Cuban Sandwich Day, we might have to go out and get one. Then uh, also National Sponge Cake Day. You can match up some nice wines with that Cuban sandwich. Saturday, National Peach Pie Day and National Waffle Day. I think a light fruity wine with a peach pie might be an interesting combo. Get yourself a, a sweet wine with it. Sunday, National Banana Split Day. And if you're not into wine that day, National Whiskey Sour Day also. Monday, National Cherry Popsicle Day. And National Dog Day, for those of you who are uh, not into the canine, but into the hot dog type. It could be any hot dog, any, any dog. And so you can match up a bunch of wine for that. Tuesday, National Pots de Cream Day. That might be something I can look up if he has an extra hand there. Pots de P-O-T-S-D-E-C-R-E-M-E. I'm not sure what that is. Also, National Banana Lovers Day is coming up on Tuesday. Wednesday, National Cherry Turnover Day. And then next week, National Chomp Suey Day. So you have a lot of sweet things coming up there. So Drag out the lighter, sweeter wines this week. 
And I saw something interesting, a good comment. It said, you know, uh, what do I match my Cabernet with? And the answer was your couch or your easy chair, which is always a good answer for any wines that you might want to use. If you're not sure what to match it with, match it with your couch. Sit down on your couch, grab your glass, and read or watch TV or whatever but you can always match a wine with where you're setting because that is a good combo there. And then, uh, let's see, next Thursday, okay, National Chop Suey Day is next Thursday. Then we're toward the end of the month already. Oh, my gosh, only a week away. All right. So, bits of trivia, bits of things for you, bits of stuff to tell you about tonight. And... Also, there's a couple of things a little bit longer. First thing I saw this, this is not about wine, but this was interesting here. For those of you who might be beer drinkers also, um, oh, my engineer just brought me tonight's wine. Well, this is cool. This is, let me smell it and taste it. Hmm. It's light. I mean, it's very, very thin. It's a, it's a red wine. It's very thin. I can actually see right through the glass into my fingers. One from the other night. Yeah, I, I know. And I didn't bring in the, the well, I told it last week what the all prices were. So it's got a nice, nice aroma to it, although she's cooking in there, which is starting to overpower my nose. This is a La Gurla. L-A-G-E-R-L-A, La Gerda Sangiovese. This is from Italy. It says Poggia Gli Angeli, which I probably destroyed that. See if it says anything in English on the back. Yes, it does. It says Italian red wine. Uh, Toscana, a state bottled by La Gerla di Sergio Rossi. Rossi Sal, 13% alcohol, 750 mil, uh, imported by Alberlo Imports in Winter Park. So it's available in the southeast here, it looks like. I don't know about other places. Uh, 2016, uh, Italian red wine, uh, Sangiovese. Light, fruity, pleasant. It, it, it's, it's a nice, pleasant wine. I remember this. That's the reason we got it, because it was... Such a pleasant wine. Let me do a sip here before we go further. Also, uh, the pot de creme, pot de creme is uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, is a loose French dessert custard dating to the 17th century. The name means pot of custard or pot of cream, uh, which also refers to the porcelain cups uh, which the dessert is served. Oh, well, very good. So it looks good. Tuesday, so have yourself a pot of cream. It looks delicious. I might, uh, there's a recipe yeah. on it. Yeah, there's a way to make this stuff. That sounds good. <laughs> you know, put it on the Facebook page. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Pops to cream. Uh, National Pops to cream day. I wonder why we would have it. I would think it would be something more more mainstream than something you'd have to look up. Maybe it is, and we just don't know. Oh, well, good. Thank you. Uh, 
the wine, nice, fruity, light, uh, very light Sangiovese. Uh, so, not real heavy, not real dry. I'm, I'm getting a lot of fruitiness in the nose. A uh, little bite of acid. I, I was thinking about something, too. Last week, I was telling you about my tasting I went to the week before, and I was bringing up on everyone and described high, low acid, and I was always talking about acid. Not that I'm hung up on it. It's just the fact that uh, my engineer is always concerned about the acid levels of wine because she will tend to get too much acid and gives indigestion. And some people will do that, and the acid in the wines will cause that more than anything else. So that's why I emphasize high and low acids in wine, simply because I'm constantly looking for them because of her. So uh, it's not that I'm... And some people are concerned about that. You don't want something that's so acidic. I have people all the time at the winery that used to come in, they'd grab a wine, they'd taste it, and they'd go, oh, this is so bitter. And I said, no, it's not bitter. It's the acid you're actually tasting. You don't, you don't confuse bitterness and acid. And some people are very sensitive to the acid in wine. Actually, a lot of people are. I talk to a lot of people who tend to be that way. So that's why I bring up the acid so much when I talk about wine and how it's balanced and how the acid is. This one is not bad. It's got acid, and you can taste it. and gives you a little bite. And a lot of winemakers like to have that little bite in it. They want, you to, they want your mouth to take notice when you sip it. So this does have it. It has a little bit in it, but uh, it's... Not overpowering. Very light wine. Um, all the way through, very light wine. So I will be enjoying a Foggia Gli Angeli Angeli Sancho Vizi from Italy tonight during the show. Which actually, I most of the time I end up talking the whole time. I don't finish my wine at all until afterwards. But I saw this. Boy, another Amber Alert. They must really be. And you said you got a little there too, so they're flooding the state, it sounds like. Now it's the same one. Now they have Silver Car added. Oh, Silver Car. They know what the car is, so it's Silver Car. Um, oh, I noticed this. This is, I know we're all about wine. I've said that like three times. But this is something I thought you might be interested in. There is there was a uh, sixth annual Strange Brew Festival, which took place in May in Reno, Nevada, and the challenge was uh, for mostly local breweries to concoct a what they call truly boundary pushing brew. And here are among the offerings. Here's uh, six or seven of them here that were submitted. And, well, you can make up your own mind. The Brewer's Cabinet came in with a mac and cheese habanero beer. These are all beers, by the way. Shoe Tree Brewery had a cocoa taco porter. Tentor submitted a mimosa brute IPA aged on champagne oak chips. 
Vaquintus Brewery had their submission was a peanut butter pickle pilsner. Peanut butter pickle. Wrecker Street had a spicy meatball beer for you. Smoked carrot stout was submitted by Brew Brothers. The last one they had this this year was Bananas Foster Barley Wine by Alibi. And uh, it says a quick web search showed at least one other festival that did the odd brews, and this was in the Pacific Northwest. You can go to Strange Brew Fest PT. That's B-R-E-W-F-E-S-C-P-T.com. Uh, and uh, check out some of these, or even strangebrewfestival.com. Any one of those two will take you. So if you're interested in checking out that, finding out more, looking at the odds and ends of the brewery world. But I just found that interesting. And we've mentioned beers before on the show and different things, but the, the odd flavors there. Uh, just uh, real quick, uh, give a quick shout-out to Jan from uh, Overland Park, Kansas, is uh, tuning oh. in. Thank you for joining us and uh, for for a quick chat. Uh, thank you for the shout-out, and uh, we'll chat right back to you. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Jen. I uh, I was born and raised in North Kansas City, so we're like pretty close neighbors there. Uh, good for you. I understand you're getting rainstorms out there too. Next thing here, and I'll put this on the Facebook page after the show. E and J Gallo Winery is doing something that says buy wine fuel dreams. Says your purchase helps fund education for women in the wine industry. And this is uh, a WBTW. It's Women Behind the Wine. It's by Wine Dialogues. You can go to uh, find out information at winedialogues.com. W-I-N-E-D-I-A-L-O-G-U-E-S dot com slash WBTW. It's Ian uh, e. J. Gallo wine response in this. So I'll put a link up on the Facebook page so you can check this out. And uh, like I say, all proceeds help women in the wine industry, which is becoming a big thing. Women in the wine industry and, and supporting them and all that's a big thing in the wine industry now, something that they're doing a lot. A few odds and ends here. An anniversary special, Justin Wines LLC released a new 2017 Vinci's of a Cabernet Sauvignon to commemorate its 30th anniversary. They say it has aromas of black fruit and spice. And it was aged for more than a year in small oak barrels that impart depth and complexities. And it's in the highlight, the balance and flavors of the unique soil of Paso Ropos. The Vinci's is available in select retailers for a suggested retail price of $28 for a 750 mil. It is distributed by, well, into select markets, justwine.com. If you're interested in any more of that, justwine.com, J-U-S-T. And... Got another thing here for you. Around the world, 
Henkel, which is makers of German sparkling wine, is, is sending its little one, Piccola, around the world for a new international campaign. Fans are encouraged to take and share a photo of the Heinko Piccolo experience using the hashtag, hashtag Piccolo on tour. Running through January 2020, the brand randomly will award prizes to participants. The campaign is supported worldwide by comprehensive marketing tools such as press releases, social media posts, and high-reach influencer marketing. This is according to the company. Participating countries include Germany, Montenegro, Canada, Brazil, Australia, and select markets in the U.S. So, you know, if you're in that select market, uh, good for you. But it is the Hinkle Piccolo experience. So uh, if you are, if you see one on the shelf, Piccolo is a smaller bottle, but if you see one on the shelf, Take a picture of it and send it to them. And you might win a prize. Who knows? I don't know what the prizes are. It doesn't say here. But you may win a prize. And let's see. I've got something else here. That. Okay. Wine Water Limited. Parent company of O Vine Inc. O period Vine Inc launched Chardonnay and Cabernet Sauvignon Essence Water to refresh the infused water landscape, from what they say. The two alcohol-free beverages comprise of a unique concert of purified water and hidden nutritional benefits of upcycled wine grape residue. And as due to at the Summer Festival Food Show, O Vine Wine Essence Water is a line of all-natural, non-alcoholic beverages that express the spirit of wine and sets new standards for sustainable sourcing as well as innovation. Free of preservatives and synthetic colors, its natural blush color and healthful ingredients are derived from the essences extracted from red or white wine grapes, skins, and seeds. It is available in two flavors, Chardonnay and Cabernet Sauvignon. So you get the fun of drinking wine without the alcohol. Why would you want to do that? Why, you know, I don't know. I saw that and I thought, well, maybe some people would like that. You're drinking, everybody out there is drinking water of all sorts of flavors and types and everything now. And so maybe a Chardonnay wine. But yeah, there's so many different aspects of Chardonnay and Cabernet Sauvignon. And whenever I see something like that, I always think, well, you know, I can pick up a Cabernet here. I can pick up a Cabernet there. They're both going to be completely different. Is this the essence of this good Cabernet? Or is this the essence of this bad one? Is this the essence of one that's got a lot of tannins? Or is this the, you know, you don't, what's, opens up a whole world of questions for me. And I don't have an answer for any of them. So I guess I need to find one and get it and try it so I can say, oh, that's what they did. So those are, let's see, do I have any other announcements? Yes, I do. I have uh, are my winery announcements. I let me move my wine before I knock it over. I have a couple of announcements from wineries that came in. Uh, let's see. Nope, nope, nope. 
Oh, and Mike, you brought up a question a couple of weeks ago, and I, I lost the website now, but I found something on the Internet that asked about Trump's vineyard. You asked, you know, he said that he didn't, you know, any wine is good, and asked about Trump's vineyard, and somebody answered that said, yeah, I've been there, but the wine is not good at all. And I thought that was a good example for your question because he said all wine is the same. Well, obviously you should not be buying wine from the Trump Vineyard because he's not making good wine. So he doesn't know the difference. So there's your answer. Uh, you know, he, I mean, no, no. Yeah, he made a, he, and I, I don't know if I still have the audio, but he made a statement that, uh, he loves. He prefers American wine over French wine, but he he has never tasted wine or something. He, 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 yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah and, and he likes to look. Okay, but he has a vineyard, and they you know the 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 vineyard is not from what all the reviews I read on it was not good wine. It, it's just sort of mediocre wine. So I don't know. There's all sorts of conclusions you can draw for that. So, no, you cannot judge wine if you've never had it just because it's American or French. That's although some people do. Some people would never touch a French wine. They would never touch an American wine. They, you know, so you know, people are odd. We know that. Let's see. Tasso Ridge Winery, located in Iowa, Lighten, Iowa. They. Did we say bacon? Yes, they said bacon. In celebration of National Bacon Lovers Day, they have special sandwiches, a BLT panini with California BLT, or California BLT avocado panini, or a chicken bacon ranch panini. Uh, all with, uh, those are all $9.00. And you can pair it with any of their wines that you want to. So they have all sorts of bacon sandwiches available. They've got the artificial hawk in the sky. And actually, they have five of them stationed around their vineyard. Uh, we mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. And gift shops open, all that. And again, as I always say, Tassel Ridge has events continuously. Uh, Monday through Saturday, they have their lunch specials daily, and then every Sunday, uh, 12 to 4, rest of the week, 11 to 4. And then they have other special days all the way through their calzone day, bacon day. And uh, let's, see, let's see if next Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Nope, I thought maybe next Tuesday they might just might have pots to cream day, but they don't. So, but uh, Calzone Day, Oven Roasted Peach Day, and all that. Tassel Ridge Winery. They are located in Lighton, Iowa. You can contact them by phone. Excuse me. Uh, wait a minute. I was going to say by phone, but they don't have a phone on this. I thought they did. Where did I see it? No, they don't. Well, contact them at info at tasselridge.com. And uh, see what that say. Whispering Oaks. They are located 
just drive up the street from the studios here. I see Road Street. It's it's a good hour and a half drive, but compared to some places, they are doing their wine pairing dinner on the 29th from 6 to 8. They got all sorts of neat foods and all that. I read you some details last week. Or you can get a hold of them yourself. Go to www.winesofflorida.com. I can give them a call, 352-748-0449. And if you're in the area, and check out their wine pairing. And those, those are good, those wine pairing dinners. They, they do a great job on those. But that one's coming up on the 29th. And then I mentioned numerous times the Tablas Creek blog that came in. Uh, they have... Uh, talking about Verizon and what Verizon's about on this particular blog. They have some great pictures to show the difference. Verizon is when the grapes turn from their green and they start turning to the actual colors that they're going to be when you harvest. And wine grapes are really pretty colors when you, when you harvest them. They, they turn into really deep purples and bright reds and stuff. And the Tablas Creek blog, this time has pictures of grapes going through Verizon and mid-Verizon, if you will. Half of them are still the dark green, and some, um, the light green, some of them are the dark purple. They have a, well, they have a Syrah here, a Malverde, a uh, Grenache, and a Cunos. I, I guess that sounds right. I don't know. And a Vernet. And that's it. But some great pictures. Check that out if you want to see that. It is really interesting. Tablas Creek blog. Info at tabliscreek.com will get you there. And you can do it. Tablas, T-A-B-L-A-S, tabliscreek.com. And some some very nice photos of uh, the of the uh, uh, Verizon of the of the grapes as they go through Verizon and all that. Okay. Whispering uh, Oaks. I've done that. Let me look at this one here. I know. Uh, well, let's see. Delmonico Winery. Uh, oh, Delmonico Winery uh, National Cabernet Sauvignon Day is August the thirtieth. Well, I didn't know that was coming up, and and yeah, my calendar has it on it. So next Friday week and tomorrow is National Cabernet Sauvignon Day. So it's coming up. They have uh, a special National Cabernet Sauvignon Day. They have a Cabernet Sauvignon, a dry Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, one to five bottles, they give you 15% off. Six to 11, 20%. And 12 or more bottles, 25% off. That's a good deal. Uh, $10 flat rate shipping for three to 12 bottles also. What a deal. And that's a good deal. I know how much shipping is. And that it really is a good deal. Um Anything more than twelve, another ten dollars is added on to it. They are located in 
Well, I know I've had them before, but I can't. I don't know. Um, Baxter, Tennessee. No, oh, there you go. Baxter, Tennessee. That's it. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm looking at the website here, and they are uh, not the website, but the email, and they don't have their where they're located on the email. Uh, Baxter, Tennessee. But you can order anywhere that they can ship. You can go to their website at uh, demonicowinery.com. And uh, or if you need information, you can contact Shelly at demonicowinery.com. Uh, just you know, the whole thing, then she'll give you information. Or you can call them, 931-858-1177. Uh, I was just thinking, I'm giving out these phone numbers here. Used to be you give out phone numbers, people say, oh, that's long distance. I'm like, well, your cell phones, almost every one of them have free long distance now, so it's not an issue. So if you want to call them, give them a call. Delmonico Winery, again, they got some great prices and they got some great discounts there and some great shipping costs. That really is a good shipping cost. Uh, and, uh, Oh, good. Okay, so DelmonicoWinery.com and I believe I've got one more one. Yes, Waltz. Waltz Winery. They are one of our often contributors and Waltz Winery is having a new shop and new releases. Uh, It is Lucy's Tale it's a new red, I want to say. A white. Lucy's Tell is a fruity white wine made from the sweeter grapes, named after their border collie, Lucy. Uh, hence Lucy's Tell. Uh, they have a wine concert coming up September the 13th, um, the second Friday event, uh, Tailgate Festival in September, Craft Beer Festival in September. And a Walsh Wine Dinner at Wind Ridge coming up in September. So all this stuff, lots of stuff going on with Walsh. They're located in Pennsylvania, by the way. Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Uh, Their new address is 50 North Broad Street in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Uh, They uh, can be found on walshvineyards.com. Uh, W-A-L-T-Z, WaltzVineyards.com. Call them, 717-664-9463. So if you're anywhere near, they got lots of stuff coming up in September for you. A lot of stuff. Put the new release, too. They're Lucy's Tail White Wine. And I think that's it. Yes, that is. That's all the... Vineyards. It seems like I'm getting more. That's good. If anybody has a vineyard around them, if anybody knows anybody has a vineyard, if you want to have your information promoted on the show, announced, I will be happy to do it. And if they want to be on the show, we can always use them as a guest, too. So that's always a, a fun thing. So let us know if you are a affiliated with the winery or something, or if you know someone, you can give them our email, you can give them the phone number, you can send it to me and I'll call them any number of ways we can get a hold of them. So any of that will work. 
Okay, now, a few other odds and ends here for you before we move. Let's see. The, I saw this, and I wanted to point this out to you. This is U.S. wineries that are being... U.S. wineries are being affected by the trade war with the tariff war with China. It, it is affecting them a lot, as it is lots of other places. And again, I'm not going to get into any politics here on anything that's happening. I'm just reporting the, about the news here, but it's uh, it's a thing that keeps jumping up. The United States used to ship a lot of wine, a lot of wine to China. I, I don't have numbers in front of me right now because they've, they've changed so much over the past what, year, 14, 15 months, 18 months, because of the bouncing back and around of, of these tariffs, this tariff argument. Uh, and so, but they used to ship a lot of wine to China. And Importing it into China was, well, you had tariffs and import costs and different things like that that would add on to the cost. Pre-2018, pre it was like 48.2% tariff added onto it and, and charges and stuff. In April 2018, that jumped up to 66%. So you added two-thirds more to the cost. By September 2018, that jumped up to 79%, which increased the cost by, well, 80% more than, than the cost of the wine itself. And then just this last June, that is now up to 93%. Uh, the industry leaders are, are just throwing their hands up there and shaking their head. Uh, they, some places haven't had a single order in uh, six months because of the tariffs, because of how high it is. 93% is almost doubling anything that is ordered back and forth. And again, the United States is sending out a lot of wine over to China, and that has cut drastically because of uh, well I, because of the games that the big boys are playing back and forth across the ocean so we may see different things happening around uh, around wine uh, also with the Brexit that's going on. They're saying that uh, it's going to affect that to the wine cells and everything. It's going to be affected because of Brexit. So something I'll try to keep on top of that stuff and pass it on to you as much as I can. The August 31st, 2019 issue of Wine Spectator magazine, and I think it's probably online. You can go to winespectator.com. You can probably see it online too. But they have the world's best wine list, Global Dining Guide. Wherever you are in the country, wherever you are in the world, they have a list here of restaurants that 
what their wine selections are, if it's expensive or not expensive, what is available, what is not available. Uh, yeah, different things. And it's if you're going to travel or anything, you're gonna you get wine and uh this is a good way to check and see what's available, where you're going, what the restaurants are in the area that you're going to, and what you're looking at then. Check it out. Again, it's not just the uh, United States, but they've got worldwide locations, all sorts of stuff everywhere that they're listing. And when they uh, do that, it's... uh, pretty comprehensive list, if you will. It, it tells you a lot. Um, let's see. For example, uh, let me find one here since we have our listener out there in Overland Park, Kansas. We've got um, 801 Chop House in Kansas City. Wine director Sam Cuda, wine strength, uh, a lot of California friends, over 600 wine selections. Wine prices are expensive there. There's a $25 corky tree. It's a steakhouse, and the menu prices are expensive. Uh, that's just one example I picked up there in uh, Kansas City. Let's see, Kansas. Uh, usually there's not a whole lot in Kansas because Kansas City is right there across the border. Uh, Leewood, Manhattan, Wichita, Wichita, Wichita. Uh, Prairie Village, Wichita, Wichita, Manhattan. Well, Prairie Village is probably the closest one to Kansas City there. Uh, Look at 69 Terrace. Carl Thorne Thompson is the wine director of California French Wines, along with Italian and Worston. Over 600 bottles. Wine prices moderate, $35 cork each fee. American cuisine and in menu prices moderate. So this goes through all of this. This is, I just picked those two out because we have a listener that was listening from Overland Park, Kansas. But good issue, good thing to check out if you are looking at going to a restaurant that has wine. Get an idea. Now, one thing always figure when you go into a place, you're going to be paying three times retail for wine. So if you go out to your local wine shop, you order yourself or you pick up a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon and you're paying $35 for it. You go to a restaurant, you order that same bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon, expect to pay close to $100 for it. That is just standard. Three-time markup is standard on almost all restaurants except New York City, San Francisco, and I think Seattle. You can look at probably four times retail. And I've had some people tell me that New York City, don't be surprised if you're paying five times retail. So that $35 bottle of wine in some restaurants in New York City is going to run you uh, $125, $130. So expect it. This is how 
they work. They also a lot of them have corky fees. You can bring in your own bottle, but they charge you twenty-five, thirty-five dollars to open that bottle and present it and pour it to you. So, um, just let you know on that. All right. Next thing I have for you here is a Supreme Court decision. Always talk about Supreme Court and what they're doing for wine, for shipping wine, for for anything to do with wine. Supreme Court has ruled quite a bit on it over the years. And there's been a recent decision. I, I say recent. This was uh, how long ago was this? I don't have an answer for you here. But this case involved the Tennessee uh, residential requirement. Oh, June 26th was this open. Oh, uh, was this ruling? This actually, this is one of the first decisions the Supreme Court has made in wine in 14 years. The residential requirement in Tennessee is what they're ruling on in this. Uh, the case was Tennessee Wine and Spirits Retailers Association versus Russell F. Thomas. It originally started in 2016. That gives you an idea of how long it takes something to get to the Supreme Court. But Total Wines and More and a Flair Investments, which is a small wine shop, each applied for a retail liquor license in Tennessee. And they were both denied because the state of Tennessee has a two-year residency requirement to obtain a liquor license. A federal court struck down the law, finding that it is unfairly discriminated against out-of-state business. So therefore, in arguments in the Supreme Court, the... Tennessee Wine and Spirits Retailers Association argued that the law was protected by Section 2 of the 21st Amendment, which gives states wide latitude to structure their their liquor laws in order to promote temperance and an orderly market. This law, was the 21st Amendment, is the repeal of the prohibition. And so that's when they threw all the power back to the states. And so this is what Tennessee was doing on this saying we have the right to do this. We aren't. But, but, the Supreme Court says no. We disagree with you. The majority opinion, which was submitted by Samuel Alito uh, of the Supreme Court, says that the Constitution's Commerce Clause, claiming Tennessee's law existed only for economic protectionism and is therefore unconstitutional because Tennessee's two-year residency requirement for retail license applicants blatantly favors the state's residents and has little relationship to public health and safety. It is unconstitutional. Okay, so this really is a pretty big, pretty big ruling here. The Commerce Clause. I talked to a Florida State representative on the program. Oh, gee, I guess it's been two or three years now. I talked to a Florida State representative, and 
He said, if you want to beat this interstate shipping, you need to claim that your the the commerce clause where you are denying free trade across state lines. He said, if you start pursuing that, he said, it'd probably take you 10, 15 years, but you can win free shipping all around the country based on that. Excuse me again. This is basically the beginning of it, it looks like, because it is saying that the Commerce Clause is the, well, the Commerce Clause analysis are limited to discrimination against producers or products. On the contrary, the court stated that the clause prohibits state discrimination against all out-of-state economic interest. Based on, somebody just dinged at me, did you ding? Uh, no. Based, I just heard a ding in my headsets here or something. Nothing on my keyboard, uh, on my screen. So, what this actually does is it just opens it up to the fact that a lot of these things are saying that the possibility of the Commerce Clause overriding this prohibiting of shipping to other states could cause a major shakeup in it. The um, the uh, Tennessee Liquor Board said they argued that invalidating Tennessee's law would nullify the three-tier system of distribution. And the majority system disagreed. The Supreme Court is saying that Section 2 of the 21st Amendment does not allow every discriminatory feature that a state may incorporate into its future scheme. So, what this does, what, what was that state? Tennessee law required wine merchants to live in the state for at least two years applying for, before applying for a liquor license. Supporters of the law cited the 21st Amendment, which overturned prohibition as giving states the power to regulate sales to promote temperance and maintain an orderly market. The ruling in a 7-2 decision, the Supreme Court found that Tennessee's law was unconstitutional, arguing that it violated the Commerce Clause by unfairly discriminating against out-of-state businesses and fostered economic protectionism, not public safety. So what's next? Several cases challenging state bans on direct shipping by out-of-state wine stores are pending in the lower courts. Shipping advocates hope this ruling will undermine those bans, and that's the next big step. There are lots of cases that are bouncing around lower courts in different states and different areas, and this could stop a lot of them because, again, the Commerce Clause could open it up. So I'll tell you what I'm going to try to do, get a hold of our friend at SaveTheGrapes.org and see if he has any comments on this, which he he might have some more insight to this than what I'm finding in this article. But overall, this is going to be quite a, uh, quite a change for wine shipments and 
the freedom of wine around this country. So there you go. I will do a follow-up trying to get a hold of uh, Free the Grapes and see what we can find out there. Smoke tank. Let's talk about this a little bit here. Wildfires have become a problem. There's Amazon's burning now. Now, there's not a lot of vineyards down there, but the way this is burning, it's putting smoke around the world. It's moving up, and you're, you're seeing plumes of smoke in different areas they've never seen. Russia, there are big areas in Russia, the USSR, but I don't know if they call themselves USSR anymore since they lost so many things. They do call themselves Russia. Russia is burning now. Alaska has some big fires going on up there. And there's it's not just those places. You see it other places, too. Smaller fires, but it's happening. we still got small fires all around the United States going on right now. Nothing big, nothing enormous, but it's just becoming a way of life for a lot of places out west. And it has for the last couple of years. Aside from causing loss of life and extensive property damage, wildfires also cause a risk of smoke exposure to grapes in the vineyard, which can lead to off flavors. This is smoke taint. Now, I've talked about smoke taint previously on the program, but I'm going to revisit it a little bit here. Let me give you the, the technical aspect of it a little bit here. <coughs> Excuse me. Smoke taint is created by volatile phenols in smoke that <clears throat> excuse me again again the smoke cane is created by volatile phenols in smoke that permeate the grape skin and bind with sugar in the grape to form organic compounds called uh, glycosides this process known as glycosylation, makes the phenols non-volatile, meaning you cannot taste or smell the smokiness. So when it joins it in the grape, you can't smell or taste it. However, during fermentation, the glycosides break apart and release the now-volatile phenols into the wine. So as long as you're in the grape, it's non-volatile, so you can't smell or taste it. And I don't know if you can pick up a, a smoke-tainted grape and throw it in your mouth and taste it or not. I would guess not, unless it breaks it down once you bite into it. I don't know the answer to that. If you can, I'm sure that they would pop one in their mouth and say, ooh, these are smoke-tainted. So I would guess probably not. To continue. And making a smoke tainted flavor is perceptible. This process can even happen as you sip. The enzymes in your mouth can break down any glycosides that remain, releasing unpalatable compounds into the wine. The flavors associated with smoke taint have been described as, quote, burnt rubber, quote, ashtray, quote, campfire, or, quote, smoked meat. So that is your that is what causes smoke taint. That's what it tastes like. And again, you can't really tell until they are fermented. And that's the problem. I don't think you can just pick it up. There are tests coming out now that you can take, but or you can send it to. But again, those aren't completely done. Now, 
Australia has been plagued by wildfires for a long time. They've been doing a lot of research and a lot of uh, checking into it and a lot of different things they can do to try to find out. But not so much here in the States. California had a bad wildfire event back in 2008. And the growers in California at the time said, oh, well, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. We don't have to worry about it. And so they didn't do too much. Someone tried to remove it later when it was discovered in a wine. That couldn't be done. Some winemakers threw away their wine. Some tried to blend it out, which to some extent it was possible. And some just bottled it and called it barbecue red, (laughs) which I love. Barbecue red wine with a smokiness in it. It was uh, a, a, a serious problem. Then the Tubbs fire in 2017 hit, and there was millions of dollars, uh, over two and a half million dollars of loss in vineyards and wine because of that. And there was a constant smoke in the air. So they have to analyze how to mitigate the smoke tank. They had been working with the University of California at Davis, and they are still in the process of trying to do something that will help. The few definitive answers they've determined that smoke tank are, are great growth states, smoke composition, length of smoke exposure, and grape variety. All of these have an effect on how much smoke tank. Grapes are most vulnerable to smoke paint between horizon and harvest. <coughs> Excuse me again. Horizon, when the grapes change from their green to the color that they are going to be, that's called that's the horizon period. And then harvest. This is when smoke paint is the worst. Once the grapes start ripening, the grape skins more quickly absorb smoke particles. And the study has shown that as little as 30 minutes of exposure to heavy smoke can cause and will probably develop into smoke tank. Um, beyond that, they don't know a whole lot about smoke tank. They found that some thicker skin varieties, such as Cabernet Sauvignon, are more resistant while a thinner skin, like a Pinot Noir, is very susceptible to smoke taint. But there's been instances of heavy duration of smoke, and it has damaged the grapes regardless of the variety. It just, it's there no matter what. Smoke taint is not a health hazard. It's not going to hurt you. Nor is it passed on from one year to the next. It's in the grapes, not in the plant. It's picked up because of the thin skins of the grapes or the thinner skins of the grapes as opposed to the plant. So that's where that's where the problem is. It's picked up in the grapes. Smoke tank continues. The, the problem continues to grow, and it, it's growing because of more and more fires. Uh, tests include pre-harvest berry testing, uh, some century uh, assessments can be made 
And the tests are they're finding objective too. They do not consider the arbitrary factor of whether the wine is sufficiently damaged. It's just yes, this has smoke taint in it, that's it. Some can taste smoke taint right away, others can't. Some can taste it in certain varieties, some in others. Everybody has a different recognition for smoke, alcohol, sugar, and other characters, and smoke is just one of them. Winemakers are getting to the act of experimenting with different ways to mitigate the smoke taint to some extent. Uh, one method is called flash detent, where volatile compounds are removed from the grapes by heating them to about 180 degrees Fahrenheit and sending them into a vacuum chamber to be cooled. While this process may remove some volatile aromas, it's not 100% effective. And then there are other ways to do it too, but the problem with some of the other ways is that it can affect the grape filtering and fining. You can filter out just about anything out of, out of grape juice, but that's going to affect everything. It's going to affect a lot of the stuff in the wine. So why make a wine if you're going to take everything out of it just to get rid of that smoke tank? You, you run across just as bad of a problem as leaving the smoke tank in there. Insurance, not really. They are <coughs> oh, excuse me. They're still arguing about what insurance should be, who should cover it. If anything, they say it should come under crop insurance, but crop insurance is really not a popular thing. Very few people actually have crop insurance, and most of the crop insurance is for hazards such as frost damage or hail, which is a major loss if anything comes along. But there is nothing, no insurance companies have yet addressed smoke taint. And so, therefore, there's no insurance on that. Uh, there's research going on about how it can be covered, what's it going to cost, and all that. But it's, you know, if you have to get it year after year, it could be throwing money down the drain. But if you have one smoke incident, if it could save your crop, it may be worth it. But, again, if you don't have smoke for 10 years and you paid into it all that time, is it really going to be worth it? So global warming is a problem. Smoke is here to stay. You know, they, they thought that 2017 was a once-in-a-hundred-year event. Then 2018 came in, and it was worse. Uh, every year, it seems to be an issue. In 2017, Napa was really fortunate. 80% of the grapes were already harvested when the fires broke out. And so, therefore, there was not an issue so much with smoke tank. But it's something that they have to prepare for for the future and something that they're constantly, constantly concerned about because of the warming and because of the way the smoke has been affecting different areas. And, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to have to stop. I can't talk. And one of the problems, too, is it doesn't have to be right near areas. Smoke from different areas around the state, around the country, around the world, like the Amazon burning as much as it is, could cause it to blow in 
affect grapes in any number of places. You start looking at maps and smoke taint and the way the wind blows, you can get it from the Amazon, possibly South Africa, around over even to Chile, Argentina, any of those areas. So it's an ongoing thing trying to discover more and more about smoke taint, what it is to stop it, and if it can be stopped, and how to detect it is also a problem. And there you go for tonight. Ah, okay. Oh, let me unmute this record for me. Okay. Um, well, that was uh, that, thank you. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. Um, thank you, Buster. <laughs> Most people, yeah, our, our in-house audience, <laughs> we let them in every once yes. in a while, but they like the bus. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about the insurance. You made a you made a comment about you know you would pay for this smoke taint damage insurance coverage if, if it could be like car insurance. I mean, I've been paying car insurance since I was sixteen, which was only like ten years ago. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> but um you know you never i've I've never had to use it you know maybe you know a tow yeah. here and there but but as far as car insurance never been in an accident or speeding the other thing that could affect this is let's say you do get this add-on or if it's even offered i mean if they do offer it at some point you do get the special insurance and it's and it's so much per year now all of a sudden you know the amazon is on fire it's affecting um you know, that region, the California wildfires are affecting the wine growers and everything. And does your insurance rate change now like it does for cars? Uh, because, I'm sure it would. you know, someone someone in my car gets in a severe accident and, you know, 100 miles from here, it affects my insurance somehow because I'm responsible for it. I don't know how that works. I'm not an insurance person, but that's, that's what I'm hearing. Um, you know, our rates change, not just because of credit, but also because the way other people drive and, and uh, they gauge it on that. I don't think it's fair, well, but, you know, hey, they're making that's money. That's how it works, yeah. But the same yes. thing with, with uh, smoke paint insurance, too. If I, I'm sure there's different companies, but they'll do a, a, a loss analysis, and they'll say, okay, the Amazon is burning. It's going to create a loss possibly in Argentina and Chile and maybe across the ocean into China. So therefore, we got to raise the rates of possible to smoke taint. And when they do that, right. California is saying, "Well, wait a minute, we need to do that too." And uh-huh. you know, I mean, that's how insurance works. And and believe me, I'm, you know, it's insurance is a necessary evil. I'm not criticizing insurance, but it's just uh, with an emphasis on the word evil. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it's. You know, it could it, it becomes caustic, you know, so cost expensive that it's it's not feasible to keep it up. And then right. once you drop it, sure enough, here comes that that fire that's going to destroy your whole crop that you are not so much your crop, but your your wines when you harvest them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. A... Ooh, it, that's a... And this is one of the problems with trying get insurance to work out. And that's why so many of the wineries just have major catastrophe insurance because that's all they can afford. You know, if a hailstorm comes through or something, like when the hail storm hit the Bordeaux region or Burgundy, I, I can't remember which one it was, uh, a couple of years ago or last year, 
it destroyed a lot of crops and none of those had insurance for it because the chances of hail hitting that part of the French area was, you know, a one in a hundred year possibility. But now in weather, we are seeing one in a hundred year possibilities every couple, three years. I mean, so, I don't know. It's, it becomes expensive and it becomes, uh, and then after you pay into it for five years, they're not going to go down and say, okay, we're going to give you a break and cover you for the next year for free. And so, I don't know. Just like you say, in the the car yeah. Example. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, we will um, go ahead and close the show out for this week and uh, return next uh, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That is August 29th. Mark your calendars oh. and uh, join us yeah. again on Facebook Live and Blog Talk Radio, uh, our main feed there. So uh, thank you very much. And we will go ahead and close the show for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and y'all have a great week, and uh, celebrate those days again. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, grab yourself a wine, yeah. and if you don't want to celebrate with those foods, then just sit on the couch and drink wine. Stock yeah, up on absolutely. your Cabernet Sauvignon, too. It's next Friday's National Cabernet Sauvignon Day. Yeah. And drink responsibly. Oh, next and, Friday. Yeah, yeah, next Friday. Yeah, oh, yeah. and drink responsibly. I guess we should say that since we're a liquor or a alcohol show. I guess we should say that a lot. Drink responsibly. <laughs> and as far as our, it's it will be part of the outro thing that we play every night. We should, uh, I don't know. There's a, yeah. something uh, in the something was it ten years? Just now think. <laughs> ten years we've never done it. Yeah, and remember, drink responsibly. Yeah. We forgot. We, we forgot. <laughs> 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 I think that I did. Surprised we haven't gotten sued. Well, all about wine didn't tell me to drink responsibly. <laughs> and when did you listen? Uh, 2010. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's possible. <laughs> so, and oh. We better close this. <laughs> yeah. We'll see, you all, yeah. We'll see you all next week. Thanks again for tuning in. And um, Thank you for listening. August 29th. Thank you. Bye. Have a safe week. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash all about wine thank you for listening drink responsibly and we'll see you next time on all about wine you did put it on there i put it on where oh let me log it's on the end of the outro it says drink responsibly i sure did all right i'm gonna go to the green room
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.